This is a Crow's Nest podcast. And welcome to Titanic Talkline. I am Alexia, and I'm really excited, which is what I say every single freaking time, uh, because I have someone on that is unlike anyone I've ever had on the show before, and someone that I'll like in the two minutes we've already been talking has been like an A plus time. I have Mune Hasidi, and I am going to let her inter- her. I'm sorry, I didn't ask your pronouns. Yes, it's she, her, make me. She, her. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to let her introduce herself a little bit more and then get into your Titanic story before I get into exactly how I found you. Okay. Uh, hi, my name is Monet Hasidi. I am um, from, I call Nut Sacramento, California, aka Sacramento, California, the capital of California. <laughs> uh, my kind of tagline is hairstylist by day, striptease, burlesque by night, and activist all the time. Uh, yes. I am a huge Titanic nerd, which is hilarious because i am literally watching titanic right now while we're doing this podcast because it is a film that i have probably spent at least six months of my life watching um i did see it originally in the theater six times in its original run and i've seen every uh, theatrical re-release um including this past february and i saw it in imax 3d and 3d 40x um I have the original VHS tapes and I remember getting specifically because of the movie, one of those little rewinders that would rewind the movie because oh, it would yeah. always be at the end of the first one. Like, fuck, I forgot to rewind the second tape. Oh God. <laughs> I remember that feeling of. It's like, ugh. and you have to sit there and wait for the other tape to rewind. And you're just like, mm-hmm. and it's just so funny. Kids these days. Sound. Would- wouldn't even know like kids these days have no idea what it's like what we went through to watch you you just had to move your scrubber bar now back where you needed to be which I still find it weird that it's called a scrubber bar by the way that's all and so I had it originally on the like regular dvd when it came out I was like yeah and so then I remember like getting rid of that and then buying the special edition dvd that for some odd reason they put the movie into two fucking dvds yet again and I was like watching it I was like you've got to be fucking shitting me like really Really, it I worked really in. well last time. We think we should capture the nostalgia this time around. That's what they liked about it. They really liked having to switch the media. That was the key component to the home yeah. experience. Exactly. So then I had to buy it regularly again. And I was like, <laughs> and then I've watched it on TV. Even and see, look, keep in mind, I had it on physical media. I still own a VCR. Mm-hmm. I still own DVD player. I would same. watch it when it came on like VH1 or whatever, even though it had commercials. Oh, same. Like, five minutes five hours and it's like why am I doing this and then I watched it at my friend's house on Thanksgiving in Spanish I don't even speak Spanish but like I was like it's Titanic of course I'm gonna watch it so I am a person who became enamored with the lore and story of Titanic from the movie Mm -hmm. and then from then I have gone to the Vegas exhibit twice once in 2005 and then last year I went to the New York exhibit this past January and then it led me to doing a Titanic burlesque act. Yes. And that is how I found you. Somebody posted it in Reddit. And I will also say, like, I'm impatient with stuff. So when I click things for some reason, it's like, I for some reason, I thought it was going to be like a highlight reel. 
Um, and it was the full act, which was amazing. And I ended up sitting down and watching it, but because I have the attention deficit problem and I'm five years old in my brain, I was like, well, I don't want to watch this right now. I'm just kind of like skipping through, skipping through, skipping through. And I was about to go start petting a cat. And then the Barbie <laughs> dolls became involved. And I was like, nope, nope. We got to go all the way back and watch the whole thing now because I've, I've missed, I, the, the lead was buried and now we're going all the way back. And that's fully on me for having the attention span of a goldfish, but it was so I know that there's people that did not like my interview with passenger hitting propeller guy and there's going to be some people who probably don't like this one but like this interview is not for you because I think that part of creative expression is accepting the fact that everyone's expression is different yeah I mean so to do you want me to describe the act and how it came about yes for for people who are not familiar with it because I think you are going to be able to describe first of all how where it came from and how it goes better because again i only got to see it on a cell phone screen i mean you put it together this is your act i i want to hear about it from you i need to stop talking okay it's okay so for me personally so i am um going on my 15 year of doing burlesque i started when i was 30 so i'm actually going to be 45 in august um and my birthday is actually my technical burlesque anniversary as well Um, also i started teaching pole dancing when i turned 30 Nice. And I, my musical interests are kind of varied. Um, now, mm, this is the best way to say this. I am Polly Banderas. I am in a committed musical relationship with New Kids on the Block, Smashing Pumpkins, and Death Cab for Cutie. Uh, Death Cab for Cutie is my primary stable. Smashing Pumpkins is my dom. And New Kids on the Block <laughs> is my fuckboy. But I've also been a very musical person. So when I would teach my pole dancing classes, I would play songs that maybe other people were like, well, this is not, you know, because it's a lot of hip hop and a lot of stuff, but I teach right. lap dance songs and be like, we're going to lap dance to Bruce Hornsby in the range. That's just the way it is. Cause I'm like, if you can lap dance to this song, you can lap dance to anything. And I would play crash into me by Dave Matthews band a lot when I taught my class, because it's actually a very, very sexy song. Mm-hmm. So I was driving in my car one day and I was listening to one of my mixed CDs because my car still has a CD player and a cassette, by the way. Ooh, and, uh, envious. <laughs> I was listening to it and I was like, oh, oh my God. And I was like, what if I didn't act as the Titanic to this song? So then from there, I was like, I can be the Titanic. And then I crash into the iceberg, crash into me. And when I do that, my clothes come off. And then the act had evolved because I didn't really have so many Barbies in the beginning it was like the first time I did it was kind of different um mm-hmm. the costume kind of fell into place because I found the robe that I wear for 98 cents at a local thrift store um, I made the headpiece from things from the Dollar Tree there's actually a lookout tower with two undertakers from wrestling on it to be the lookouts from the ship on top the things you can't most- see on a Samsung <laughs> Galaxy flip <laughs> before um smokestacks are actually toilet paper rolls that I use glitter foam to cut around them I was gonna ask how you made those and so then I put like feathers in the top to be like the smoke coming out of the smokestacks and then I have Mm -hmm. the blue fan in the back to kind of symbolize water and it's attached to my head I made the sign on my chest that says RMS Titanic the Titanic because I know it's a world male ship (laughs) Um, and so I just, you know, me and a hot glue gun kind of got together. Somebody on Facebook was giving away a Victorian costume where the hoop skirt came from. And cool. I was like, I couldn't afford it at the time. And some stranger actually bought it for me. 
Um, And then somebody was giving away a life vest thing that looked like something from that time. And I was like, oh my God, I have to have that. And that's kind of how it evolved. So when Mm -hmm. I first did the act, I didn't even think it really had the Barbies. Um, And I don't even know if I had the whistle, but it's kind of like an amalgamation of the movie more. It's more of making fun of things that we made fun of when we watched the movie, because in all honesty, everybody can be like, I cried. I did cry. I cried at this movie so many times. I remember the first time I saw it and I saw it with my ex-boyfriend. We're still friends to this day. And I remember just crying, imagining myself on that boat and how horrific that all seemed and everything. Mm -hmm. And Jack and Rose's love story, like everything about that just like spoke to me as well, a 20 year old when it came out. And so with the act, it's more of the things from the movie, which is why, like, I hit the iceberg and then my clothes start coming off because I'm mm-hmm. the Titanic. And when I hit the iceberg, I kind of have this, like, oh, shit, like, oh, my God, I can't believe I did this. And then I start throwing the Barbies from my body. And I remember I started adding this more and more Barbies because this is like <laughs> maybe one or two. And then I was like, nope, I need more and more Barbies. And then it was kind of like I take all my clothes off and then I have Jack and Rose on a floating piece of what we know. It's not a door, it's just a piece of the ship. <laughs> on my crotch where jack's kind of hanging off a little bit because as, mm-hmm. you know we have to make it practical for what i'm doing with it um well yeah it is burlesque at the end of the day i mean yeah. it sounds like what we're describing is like to- it's like quote unquote totally awful but it's sort of like not in the context of literally being a burlesque act this is exceptionally normal <laughs> in terms of a burlesque act y'all and and then because like the, the thing was like the reveals and the thing is like the act just keeps getting more ridiculous because it kind of starts off as like a classic act because I have the blue hand fan. Yes. Yes. Symbolizes the water. And it looks like I look so elegant. And then once I hit the iceberg is when it just descends into chaos and comedy. And so then, you know, I have this life best that I put on to symbolize, you know, rose in the water, which like some, I, you know, I go from the being the ship to like things, but it's all movie related. Right. And then, and then I blow the whistle at the end and i say come back and jack i'll never let go and people just get like oh my god because usually also too in burlesque you don't break that sound barrier you don't actually make anything audible from yourself most of the time it's very atypical that's another level of me like you know and then it ended like first i used to just walk off the stage and now i just like slowly crawl off the stage because at this point I've kind of like sunk a little bit and it's like, and it just kind of evolved into this thing, but I am proud of the act because it is an award-winning act. <laughs> and it is, it is, it won um, in Utah, the, is it best comedy and number one in the Burley picks, which was like a regional, like national, uh, actually international burlesque competition. So I won that region for that. Nice. Um, and then at the national that year I won a uh, uh, nerd best nerd because I also do like Lion King acts and Dis- uh, a lot of Disney acts and a lot of things but as far as this act there were some people on the reddit who thought it was disrespectful which I'm just like so my thing from this is that okay I'll get into it so when mm-hmm. I went to New York in January to see Joey McIntyre from New Kids on the Block for his 15th birthday at Carnegie Hall, uh, I thought I could walk from where I was staying to the World Trade Center. And somebody's like, you can't walk there. And I was like, oh, shit, I cannot walk there. But I came across the Titanic exposition that ex- exhibit that I did not know that was there. Right. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, oh, my God. 
And I was like, and it was different from the one in Vegas, obviously, because it's like mm-hmm. not a permanent situation and they don't have the big piece and all that stuff. But they had a lot, actually, a lot of artifacts that I had not ever seen before. And right. so when I take a picture at the ship, I do it with my like rock pose hands. And the woman who took the photo was like, oh yeah, people usually don't pose like that for the pictures. And I said, well, as long as people are going to get married at plantations, I'm a pose like this at the Titanic because realistically... <laughs> As a black woman, if you hadn't get picked up on this through audio, <laughs> uh, I am a black woman. I am a rare of the man who was half Haitian on the ship. However, he did have some passing privilege because of the color of his skin. He did not live his life as an ambiguously black man, which is mm-hmm. why he was able to be on that ship in the first place. So me okay. as a black person, the way that I look at Titanic, I look at it as like when people try to say black on black crime, Titanic's literally white on white crime. If you think about the fact that a lot of people decided who was going to live or die based on how much money they had. There was, and that, that's something that, you know, it's, it's demonstrated in the Cameron film. And I will also say that like no movie is ever perfect in portrayal of anything, even movies that are dedicated to a, a dedicated, even movies that are dedicatedly about something like racial awareness. It's kind of like you have up to three hours to develop a character, develop a story, follow it through and teach a lesson. Like that is a lot to ask of anything in three hours. Yeah. So it's not going to be perfect. And there's going to be a lot of nuances that are totally missed. Like in the Cameron film, for example, there's a lot of cut scenes involving um, a Chinese passenger Mm -hmm. and they don't go into it a lot. Um, And I talked to Steven Schwankert of the six about it, where when the ship made it to New York, all surviving Chinese passengers were just denied entry. It was like, yeah, you can't come here because of the anti-Chinese sentiment that was international at the time. Didn't matter what they'd gone through. They just weren't allowed. And that kind of thing wasn't shown in the movie, but it was a very real practice of the time. And it's really easy to forget when it doesn't affect you that way. Like when I was, uh, <laughs> I was visiting a very small town in Florida last year and I saw a sign in a window that I'm betting has been there since I don't know anything about history, whenever this war was. And it said something like, do you speak English? Thank a soldier. And it was wow. right. But it's that kind of thing where it's quote unquote, easy to forget how prevalent that was when we've become a little bit better at hiding it. Now mm-hmm. people are sometimes, well, pre-Trump era people were a little bit better at hiding yeah I mean I've experienced (laughs) a lot of um overt racial slurs and things that have happened to me by strangers I'm sorry um since that person was in office and I actually uh wrote a parody song of no scrubs called no Trump that I used to sing back good which I'm probably feeling we have to dust it off and sing it again probably besides that uh with Titanic (laughs) I mean it's a whole thing like when you watch the movie it's just Mm-hmm. you know and the thing about the movie too is like I guess it was a love story at the time for me mm-hmm. like I'm old-fashioned romantic believe it or not even though like I'm very like Eori. um oh, I'm the same I, way I also love to watch a, as a double feature revolutionary road after I watch Titanic because it's it's a good pairing it's to see like Rose and Jack, but like see Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio's acting skills 10 years later and how much they've improved right. and how like wonderful thespians they are. And then it has Gaffy Bates in it. So it's like a mini Titanic reunion. And it was like, well, what if Jack and Rose didn't make it through and this is what happened to them because now this relationship is horrible. Um, but the movie, you know, when people like, if you objectively look at it and look at how in reality how people 
lives were debated whether because of what class they came from and makes it all more ironic when we talk about the titan submersible but i don't know if we want to get into that because that <laughs> we can i will say that in the sense that i i know more about the titanic just from like reading books and talking to people blah 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 i'll fully admit that i am not a marine biologist nor an engineer so all of the info that i have on that 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 shit is from the news and like <sighs> When I first heard about Ocean Gate as a concept last year when I started my show, my initial thought was like, oh, cool, you know, because it's like, wow, I could see the Titanic. What a neat idea. Um, just like as a concept in the same way that like, wouldn't it be really cool if I could fly to the stars? Like that would be super awesome too. But no one's come and offered me a spaceship so far. But, you know, it seems like a cool concept. But I'm also very much of the thought process that you shouldn't have to endanger yourself or shouldn't be able to put yourself through such a dangerous experience like that. Yeah. I've been to visit um, Dachau when I was in Germany and a very solemn uh, experience to visit a concentration camp. Mm. But I will say um, it didn't, I didn't have to swim through an acid lake to get there. Yeah. I didn't have to do anything that was life risking. There was not waivers that I needed to sign. I didn't need life insurance, you know, there was none of these risks it was basically hey come safely to this location and be respectful and if you could do that at titanic like if you could like come safely to the location on your own and then just like be respectful i think this would not even be a conversation we're having well yeah exactly but we're having this conversation because it's this like crazy dangerous essentially unattainable experience that has now killed a bunch of people well the thing about it too so the funny thing about leading to all of this is so I was following Death Cab for Cutie from up to Vancouver, um, Mm -hmm. Portland, and Bend, Oregon for the last four shows of their tour for Asphalt Meadows. And when I travel, I can't sleep with, I have to sleep with the TV on. So I usually have a lot of things downloaded on my tablet, so I don't need a Wi-Fi or internet connection, and I can just watch it anytime. And so I had Titanic on my tablet, and because it's kind of like a very long movie, if I wake up in the middle of the night, I just scrub, rewind, start it all over again, and I know it's yep. going to play for a long time. So literally leading up a week to this, I was watching Titanic repeatedly during the night up until this thing, and the last night of the show was the day before Father's Day when all this Ocean Gate thing happened. Oh, yeah. So I remember being at my friend's house, and I was like, bro, like, oh, my God. I was like these rich fools just got lost looking going to the titanic and she's like they're like what are you talking about i was like well and because i'm a titanic nerd this is the thing everybody who knows me knows that i'm such a titanic nerd they send i've gotten so many memes of that 3d rock propeller toy like all this (laughs) like every time there's like the meme or the videos with jack with a cat everything so when this is happening it's like oh snap and then I was like, oh, it's Father's Day. And the next day, it's like, oh, it's Juneteenth. And I was like, well, this is interesting. I was like, well, I mean, the whole thing is pretty sad. I feel like everybody's like, well, you sign a lot of waivers that say death. You do, but you also don't sign a waiver that says this is like an experimental vessel that has not been like certified by any regulatory bodies. So I feel right. like that's the huger thing, like bigger thing that people should be talking about. And it, yeah. it boggles my mind to how a parent could look at that and decide to bring their child on this excursion um yeah also knowing that like there's so many things about that we can get into and it's funny because I just joined kind of reddit a little bit ago I think for Disneyland and then I finally joined the Titanic reddit and from Mm -hmm. there I 
it's on the Ocean Gate Reddit. And then so Oh, I'm not even on that. You're more advanced than I am. I have I have stayed firmly on Titanic Island. It's like, no, 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 no. That seems very dangerous over there. <laughs> and it's and it's just so interesting because also like everybody's like, oh, we shouldn't be making fun of these billionaires. And I'm like, well, you know, if I had two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to spend on anything Titanic related, I would recreate Kate Winslet wardrobe wardrobe from the film. Oh God! And yes, I would visit every Titanic museum in the world. I have no desire ever in my life to. First of all, I'm scared of water, can't swim, um, almost drowned when I was younger. So that's a whole thing too. Um, I have no desire to go thirteen thousand feet into the ocean to see a spot where all these people kind of like lost their lives for what reason? It's a very inhabitable, an inhabitable, habitable environment. Right. It's not conducive it's not safe and there was like really no reason for them to be down there because didn't they not even see it with their own eyes it still was something relayed on a computer screen which you could have saw from the surface because the only port window was where their so-called toilet was like there's so many things about this trip as even as a titanic lover i'm like i mean i gotta sit crisscross applesauce (laughs) i can only bring maybe some water and some sandwich this is the toilet like what like there's so many things that i would question and i would like no thank you i don't need to do that i'll go to vegas and see the thing at the luxor like i don't need to do any of this situation and it just boggles my mind how many people in the way that stockton rush was able to get people to get on that pringles can like i i I just don't but that's yeah sorry i was gonna say was i was i was mentioning or somebody said to me where it's kind of like I think I was telling someone it adds a whole different level of security when the person who invented the thing is willing to do it. Yeah. It's it's sort sort of like the quote unquote ultimate testimonial to be like, oh, this thing is so safe that see, even I'm gonna do it. Watch me go. And no. Not to say that that's perfectly secure, but like it's kind of one of those things where you're like, well, I guess if you can do it and you're not that ridiculous. Well, I mean you're ridiculous, but like you're just a dude. James James Cameron ain't doing it. I nope. ain't fucking doing it. James Cameron ass is not in it. I would not do it. That's where my level of like, because I know, and it's funny because coming out of this, people are like, why are they asking him? Because he directed the movie. It's like, obviously you have not followed what this man has done in right. his spare time to know that he's actually very qualified to talk about it, that he actually went to the deepest part of the ocean in a submersible that he had built himself. But I think he spent only like three years just on the computer system itself, as opposed to Ocean Gate spent maybe only six weeks on building the titan um have you also seen that photo of him sitting in his own sub where his ears are where his ears and his kneecaps are having an actual conversation it's like oh yeah that's what you deal with and you look around and it's like all the beeps and boops and the screens and the buttons and shit where it's like it's all these kind of things that i don't understand but like that's what it takes to get down there i i don't know enough i just know enough to realize that i'm like yeah you have to be uncomfortable and you have to have all this equipment and even that may not be enough but at least you have all that shit yeah, and I and I knew too that when he came down when he came back up that his submersible had been smaller because of the pressure from going down there. Um, so there's like all this stuff that I already knew because like I'm a Titanic nerd, so I already mm-hmm. knew that. So when people were questioning why people are act, act, asking James Cameron just because they think like oh he just directed the movie, it's like he's done a lot more than just direct the movie. He was so enamored with it, which is why he made the movie in the first place. Exactly, and he has made many trips down there and he has been a deep sea explorer so 
if my thing is like, if, if James Cameron is not going down in it, I'm not going down in it. I actually said that to somebody too. I was sort of like, listen, the only way I'm going down there is if James Cameron himself is taking me. And I don't think I'm going to get that offer anytime soon. Yeah. And it just, and as I'm a Titanic lover, and it's just kind of interesting that like more wealthy people have now been taken by the Titanic a little bit. And um, it's going to be interesting to see also the fallout from this legality wise, like what's all going to happen. Uh, and it's, 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 it's sad and unfortunate all around, but like the thing about the Titanic itself, the original tragedy mm-hmm. is that if that tragedy wouldn't have happened though, there wouldn't be the safety measures that we have in place today right. when it comes would... to maritime exploration. Exactly. And also a lot of things just like having enough lifeboats per person instead yep. of per tonnage. And there's this book series I really like and I'm rereading. Um, I read this when I was in middle school called the Pendragon series. And the basic premise is that there's a bunch of territories, not planets, a sort of like it exists through different times and spaces, but each one is approaching a crucial turning point. And these heroes have to come and, and, you know, help to make sure that the world doesn't descend into chaos. And one of the territories is earth right at the time of the Hindenburg, the year of which I'm completely blanking out in right now. Mm-hmm. and originally it sets it up to be like they're gonna stop the Hindenburg from exploding but then as they find out towards you know they go through the journey and they realize if we stop the Hindenburg from blowing up we will alter the course of history in a way that we can't even begin to explain now in the book it was you know this fictional thing where this gangster was conducting operations and he was getting a bunch of money into the Hindenburg that would allow him to then continue to help the Nazis like that's and then of course it was like if that if that blimp had landed then of course he would have gone on to aid the nazis and it's one of those things where it's like yeah it is very sad that the titanic sank but when you think about if we go back in history and save it how much longer would it have been before we revisited these safety regulations yeah i mean there's so like in retrospect there was just so many things that compounded it to make it the thing that it was it was the fact yeah. that there was a coal shortage so a lot of people were on the ship that weren't originally supposed to be on the ship mm-hmm. uh it was the fact that they were speeding more going faster through an ice field than they should have been and then like the communications were getting lost because then one of the boats turn off their communications because mainly people were just like oh my god we're on this boat so awesome and so they're like tired of like relaying that the lookouts had lost their binoculars they couldn't see it was like a moonless night there was like so many things that like compounded it to make it worse there wasn't enough lifeboats and they weren't filling lifeboats enough and then all of a sudden like there are so many things that made it the tragedy that it was like yeah it was like the perfect storm of everything that could literally go wrong that went wrong. Yeah. And one thing I wanted to go back to a point that I've I've seen addressed one or two times in regards to the Titan thing, because a lot of people bring up in the discussion and it's like, well, why is everyone okay being so callous and making these jokes, et cetera, et cetera. And a large portion of it is that internationally right now, there is a, absolutely horrifying wealth discrepancy yep and it mostly affects marginalized communities and marginalized persons and so for many people who are and i'm very privileged that this is you know i'm gonna right here just be like this is not my situation so i can't speak to it personally but there are people who are fighting and scraping for their daily meals for their Mm -hmm. children not for them 
for their families. And I think that for them, it's extremely hard to empathize with people who have millions and billions of dollars, many of which, according to some news outlets, and not to me, because I don't research anything because I'm not smart. Um, some of many of which were probably obtained in not the shiniest of fucking ways. And right, but it's kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, so you build your wealth off the backs of other people. And then you have so much of it that you can literally afford to go where no other people can go. Like the only people that can go there are people that can literally afford the price of admission. And well, literally to like Stockton Rush, he's a descendant of some people who signed the Declaration of Independence. And as a black person, it's like his family had plantations, like literally his millionaire, his wealth came from literally the back of slaves. Like mm-hmm. chattel slavery is how he built his wealth. Nobody becomes a billionaire by ethical means. Um, right. And as much and it's you know everyone's like well you know the son on there he was a child he's 19 black children who are killed by the police are told that they should have complied they're not seen as children when they're literally children so there's also that disconnect from other people who don't see like you're holding like you know that he was the son he was 19 years old he's very young and rest in peace uh solomon um that I still don't understand how his father and his mother can look at that waiver and put their child in that situation. Um, I think what I find most sad, and again, I don't, I'm going to keep saying it over again. I don't know these people. It's like, it's not like Solomon called me and told me this himself, but from some accounts, he didn't even really want to go on this trip. And yeah, some people say that he didn't want to go. His mom was supposed to go and then his son, because they were supposed to go before COVID. I don't exactly know how the specifics of that worked, but it's like, I know that there's limited spots on these trips. Obviously you can only get so many people before COVID, but he wasn't old enough, but it got postponed. Well, somebody dropped out of this trip. Somebody dropped out of this trip that was supposed (laughs) to go and there's a vacancy. And because of the extensive amount of like paperwork and the deposits that need to be paid, it's one of those things where you can't just quote unquote, take someone who randomly applies. I'm pretty sure they go through like, yeah, we're saying the kid wasn't old enough at the time. Maybe they already had him on file and it was like, Hey, John Smith over here dropped out. Suleiman wanted to come, but he wasn't old enough at the time. Can he just come with you? This time he can go ahead. Yeah, well, it's... I was very into what, what I've heard, what I've read too is the fact like, so there was all that happening, but also because Stockton Rush, because I think the, the father and son who were supposed to go, Stockton mm-hmm. Rush went to meet them in Vegas and he was flying in his own airplane that he built himself and he wasn't allowed to land at in the regular airports and the guy he's a pilot himself he's like well why come you can't land at these airports he's like mm-hmm. oh i'm in my own experimental airplane and they won't let me land there and that gave that guy a clue was like wait a minute this guy's level of what he's safe with is different than mine and me and my son are not going on this trip sure um so that was part of it too but i do feel because i feel like um because the mom and the, the sister were on the mothership mm-hmm. the prince when everything happened and mm-hmm. so when they lost communication, they didn't know what was happening. But the thing about this whole thing, too, if you look at the history of the trips that they were taking, they were mm-hmm. losing communication all the time, which I'm like, why did this not occur to anybody? Like, this doesn't seem like this should be okay. And everybody's like, oh, well, you know, the military uses game controllers, too. I'm just like, I'm pretty sure they're not using it for manned vehicles. And mm-hmm. um, the fact that it was just a normal thing because the fact of it being wireless is going to make it that it's easier for you to lose communication rather than having something wired, which is why anybody else who goes to any submersibles have things that are wired for these exact same. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so unfortunate that like they were there when it happened. 
Um, and it just makes me upset because Stockton Rush being with the intersections he had in his life, being a wealthy mm-hmm. white man, people were willing to take what he was doing at face value and think that he was safe and trusted him. Because we know that if it was a brown or black man who was doing the same thing, there would be so much scrutiny from everybody about what they were doing to make sure that it was up to code and safe. And it would not even have been allowed to go when it did. And I think that that's, you know, sort of another really key thing to point out is that, you know, these these things are allowed to happen because the society that we have built in this country over, you know, centuries has allowed for these things, you know, and I've talked about it before, and I can't remember if it was this show that I was talking on somebody else's about a book I read um, called Stolen, which mm. was the, have you read this one? It was the story, um, uh, it's the story of five young boys who were the victims of the reverse underground railroad mm. and the origins of policing. Because mm-hmm. for anyone who doesn't know, policing was born out of slave catching. Yep. It was a very profitable industry for people because at a certain point, again, I don't know years when slave, um, they didn't exactly outrightly outlaw slavery. The first step was to outlaw the import of new slaves, but that left a massive deficit. I'm saying this is all this mangoes involved, but like to white slave owners, they were like, this is oh, abhorrent because, you know, we can't get any new slaves. So anyone that ran away, there was a huge price retrieval. But another thing that they would do is just kidnap black people and yeah. bring them down didn't matter if, how old they were well it did matter how old they were they would you know they wanted younger people but it's like it didn't matter if they had like families they would say i have a job for you like loading fruit at the dock i have a job unloading a, a truck or whatever and then just straight kidnap them and sell them into slavery and there was little to no recourse and by little to no i do mean little to no recourse yeah for these people to get their family members back and a vast majority never, ever did. And that is where policing was born from. Yep. So, you know, when people say we need to just fix the police, it's sort of like the very system upon which it's built was abhorrent and terrible and cruel. How do you fix that? And the answer is you can't. And it's that sort of inherently systematic thing that we have going on that allows for, as you were saying, this privilege to continue. This was a white guy who had enough money to bypass a lot of security codes that say, if you and I started a company today and got even got investors to make a sub, we'd st- we do not have that privilege of just being able to blow past things. We'd have to go talk to this board and that board and this thing and that thing and sh- do tests and everything. It would be a massive process. And as I think it should be, but I mean, if you, people, you, operate, you know, the guy who called out OSHA about what he was doing, uh-huh. and, you know, he legally retaliated against him for being a whistleblower and look what where we where we are with that um and also like if we want to talk about like the loss of life at sea we can talk about chattel slavery too Mm -hmm. um because there is inherently probably a lot you know like unfortunately the stereotype of black people can't swim came from a certain way that people don't want to you know talk about but also we weren't allowed pools we mm-hmm. weren't allowed to go to beaches. We weren't allowed access to water for so long. For leisure purposes, yeah. Yeah, if we were in the water, they would literally pour acid in the water or like stuff, you know, things mm-hmm. like that happen. So that's that's a thing too. But, you know, the loss of life um, through history, because people 
also compare like going to the Holocaust, uh, you know, places, mm-hmm. you know, with Titanic and all this other stuff. But like you said, like going to the Holocaust, you know, places in the, the old concentration camps, you're mm-hmm. not going through something that's like that you could just go there. Like right. it's a whole like process of stuff of going there. And so that's kind of where it's like, there, there should be no reason, especially because the way he tried to get away from liability by calling them mission specialists instead of passengers, and they weren't even doing yeah. scientific, um, to go there. There's no reason for anybody literally to actually go down there at this point. I mean, I guess to like update on the deterioration of the wreckage, maybe do some artifact, uh, artifact retrieval, mm-hmm. but there is no reason why the Titanic should ever be some type of tourist place because it's so unsafe to get down there and there's no reason why I mean because like I said I'm watching Titanic right now they just started Mm -hmm. third class dinner and Ruth is doing her shade like how could tell me how like the third class combinations are I just Um, saw her in your glasses and it's like I know exactly (laughs) where you are (laughs) um so it's kind of like they've already provided this for us there's like the 3d scans there's all like all this other stuff there's like no reason for you to risk your life to go down there yeah and that's that's the crux of the issue and i also don't want to make it sound like we're being like weirdly tit for tat where it's like well those five people can fuck off because there's been a lot of death over history it's like that's not the sentiment here The sentiment is to explain, quote unquote, why there is a lack of empathy. It's not a lack of empathy. It's that people are being asked to scrape their empathy out of empty barrels. And yeah. we simply don't have any more. You know, Black people have about- been, yes, yeah, like Black people have been targeted for years and years and years, even in our most recent history. You know, it's sort of like people are running raw. They don't have money. They don't have time. You know, they, a lot of people don't have rights it's very hard to find empathy for people next door to you, let alone complete and total strangers that you've never met because you barely have enough for yourself. Well, I also too, like, I feel like with that $250,000 per person, how much more could have been done good with the world with that? Like, I feel like, like what they say, there's 22 empty houses for every one unhoused person in America. Isn't that wild? Um, Lunch debt. There should not be any child that has lunch debt no I, that's cool. bananas to me like absolutely bananas there's, there's so much but also to put it into perspective for me personally mm-hmm. i took my tubes out after trump was elected because i did not want to bring a black child in this world to deal with the stuff that i deal with and it is such a hard thing because i cry sometimes over the fact that i will never have a child but then i think about like the stuff that I have to deal with that I don't want a child to do think through this and people who've never experienced the things that I have or people from my community have experienced would never know what it's like to make that decision right and it's such like a thing so for me like to look at how things are going in the world how we're reversing like we took 10 steps forward with Obama to make a thousand stepwards back because the backlash from having a black president is why we are where we are. And mm. it's so hard to think about like how, if you have the means to make the world a better place and this is what you're doing with it. Like, I don't understand. Like 
they could have did so much i don't know but like I said, if yeah. I had 250, which I will never have, but my $50,000 that I would use Titanic related would be to have Rose DeWitt Bicator's uh, wardrobe recreated and go to every Titanic exhibit. I want to go to the one in Belfast so bad. Same. I, I definitely want to make it to the UK um, pretty, pretty soon as a relative term. Like time doesn't matter anymore. Like who cares? No one's keeping track of time, but like. I think it's interesting now watching Titanic be relevant again because the internet has changed so much. Oh my God. (laughs) Since it was, I was one of my favorite TikToks. I show this to almost anyone that I, that I encounter who's into Titanic is this girl, this woman, girl person. I I can't hold she is because she's holding the phone is filming her little sister and her friend who are probably 16 or 17 watching Titanic for the first time and going through an entire roller coaster of emotions of screaming and yelling and sobbing and crying and making declarations of love. And it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life and something I never would have been able to see in 1998. Well, yeah. And it's funny too, because the movie, so, because unfortunately, like I have been desensitized to a lot of it because I've seen That's it times, and so oh we're my favorite part third class party um and so when I saw it in February the first time in the IMAX 3D and what's and like if you have a problem with my act think about the fact that this movie is now an IMAX 3D so they make it seem like you're floating amongst the people in the water and <laughs> which basically makes it like a ride experience so I'm like whatever I'm waiting for the day when they have a theater that at the halfway point they slowly start lowering you into a pool oh my gosh that's that's the next ultimate so when i was watching it in february i started hearing the sniffles behind me of people crying and i'm just like whatever i'm past that point (laughs) and then then when um she met jack at the clock i started i started crying i was like i haven't cried at this movie in so long and it's funny because I actually did have, I have a Titanic face mask and I was wearing my Titanic shirt. So as soon what? as I walked into the theater, they're like, we know what movie you're here for. And I was it only like, would have been funnier if you'd been there to see something else just to fuck with them. Well, the thing is, and so when I saw it the second time, because it was like, I came home because it was like Valentine's Day. I came home on Valentine's Day from right. Texas because I went there to see Death Cab for Cutie. And then I came mm-hmm. The next day, I was like, oh, my God, it's playing in 3D, 4DX. And so I get to the counter, and the Winnie the Pooh horror movie's playing. And I was like, wait, the Winnie the Pooh horror movie? Because that's another. I was like, decisions, decisions. And I was like, okay, Winnie the Pooh is this long. Titanic is so long. I'm still going to get the 4DX experience because it's not going to be anything until the ship hits the iceberg anyways. I have plenty right. of time. And it worked out because I got into the movie as soon as Jack is like, I'm king of the world. I was like, yes. Wow. Um, That's way earlier than I would have thought. Yeah. I was like, okay. So it worked out because the movie is so long, but like I, sometimes the emotions hit me, but the, what my mm-hmm. favorite scene, which is on my, is a third class scene because them dancing together is just such a joyful moment that as a kid or not kid, a young adult, when I saw it, I was enamored mm-hmm. with it and is still like my favorite. Well, the shot of her coming out when you see her for the first time with the purple hat that oh, God. is also like my, you know, but this third class scene is just also one of mine. And then my other favorite shot is the sight of her 
on the floating piece and you see her from above and she's looking at the stars and singing yes there's the theme that shot was always so haunting to me and i have a titanic book that i would take with me to the movies when i saw it i'm like i can't look at this book while it's dark but i was like i have this titanic book with me too when i went to go see it so i was pretty much a nerd but what's your favorite scene I really like the Ode to Titanic scene, the uh, take her to see Mr. Murdoch. I wow. love that segment. Murdoch was one of my favorite and is one of my favorite characters. He is also my favorite historical figure. So I just like that scene. And I also like how the score works really well. It's really uplifting. You get these beautiful shots of people having fun. Jack, Fabrizio, the members of the crew. You see the ship coming to life. I kind of yeah. really like that one a lot. Um, and to answer you like that shot of rose that was a very haunting scene for you i have one that lives in my head and has since i was seven or eight years old and i thought it is it's a woman floating in a submerged yeah. first class lounging you know exactly yep. what i'm talking about yep and her dress is beautifully Beautiful. floating around yep. her bare feet yep. and for some reason that that shot is just tragically hauntingly beautiful it i mean yeah and then i remember like oh when they play near my god the thief like the god or yeah that song that one um, the scene of the mother talking to her children which uh she was also in terminator uh as edward furlong's adoptive parents because james cameron likes to use a lot of his same actors by the way he does uh, she was also vasquez in aliens yes she was uh so uh and then you know the strausses on the bed Mm-hmm. that part always always got me um i as much as i've seen the movie i haven't really done the deleted scenes and that is just because i'm like well I, for me i feel like the movie's fine how it is um yeah. i really don't want to see what happened to cora <laughs> 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 that's such a hard i saw i've seen that scene I, and i saw i saw it posted on the reddit and i was like this yeah is- I was like, I don't, nope, nope, I'm good, I'm it's good. Not a, it's not a fun scene, but I'll tell you that. But I will say what is worth watching is the alternative ending. Oh, yeah. It's extremely funny. I love surprising people who don't know that exists with it. I think also, and everyone, you know, everyone's debated, or de- the debate is like, should have Rose thrown it off the side of the ship? Well, I, I also think of, granddaughter lizzie who's been taking care of her uh-huh kind of like lived very well with this situation right um, that's honestly that's where my brain went it was just like dude you don't like your kids that much you don't like your full-time caregiver like, lizzie lizzie's obviously not getting any because you're sitting there trying to hook her up with brock love it love it <laughs> and, and it's like she sacrificed all this as your granddaughter to like take care of you at least like slipped it to her um but then I understand why she did it because for her, um, what's what's her? Oh, going to the Titanic was like a slave ship, which I hate that line. So it's not much. a good line. It's, it's not so a good line. Like, out of touch with reality, like really. She really? could have honestly said prison ship, and I that would have gone over so much better, and no one would have cared, and it would have had the same sentiment where it's like I'm being forced to do something I don't want, and then that chains line would have equally applied. Yeah, I it felt was like. Cool. Yeah, it would have applied and it would have been way less controversial. But as it is now, it's kind of like, lady, nobody likes you. But I feel like maybe she felt like it was time to let it go because now at this point, like it's where it's above where 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 it sank. 
sure and then she felt like it was like let me just let go of all of this and then there's like controversies like so wait a minute so she dies and sees herself with this dude she hooked up with on the cruise ship and not the husband and father of her children and so there's like all that debate and stuff too but my interpretation has always been and it's not till the internet became a thing where people just question it whether she died or not but i was like right didn't that bitch die though yeah of course she died i don't i I truly do not understand people who are like no she's just sleeping it's like she's a hundred years old she released this thing she's been carrying around for her entire life the story the memory of this guy this necklace that could have saved her entire family from you know generational poverty um she threw it all away and now she was just ready to bounce and then she did in the wildest way i was just talking to my friend and i because we watched it the other day about how certain things that you know work for this movie are extremely unrealistic and stupid in real life such as traveling with every single photograph of you that's okay. ever been taken <laughs> that. that was a throwback to when she was there and she had all her paintings including a Monet. yes um, she had all her paintings with her so that was a throwback to how like obviously she liked to take a lot of stuff with her when she traveled so when she went out there she was like and maybe she thought that like finally going back there is that she knew that's where her life was going to end and she wanted to make sure she was surrounded by all of those things, including her goldfish. That but that did. makes it even more <laughs> unlikely that no one recognized her as the woman in the drawing, because all of those photos are of the same girl. Oh my God! What her 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 granddaughter? Do you think this you is you, Nana? Do you? Okay, those are literally all right. Like the implication is she has those photos with her everywhere. She's easily recognizable as obviously Kate goddamn Winslet in those photos with the beautiful hair and the mole and the smile and the face. And you really think this this woman that's drawn to look exactly like you in all of those photos by your bedspread and the timing and the date and everything works out so well might actually be you, even though you just told everyone it was you and had them fly you out here. You think this is really you? Well, and also too, like with the girl that scene because it's funny because in the reddit have you seen the people are like i don't think i want to watch titanic because of the nudity first of all <laughs> it is the most tasteful nude scene that is it's so beautiful yes it's ever it's the most tasteful nude scene naked. that's ever tasteful and it's not even sexual even when they have sex you only see a naked hand um she the thing that gets hand. me is I remember seeing this movie and seeing Kate Winslet's body and thinking how mm-hmm. soft and beautiful it was because at that time we're so used to like the Kate Moss type of body that was yes. very wavy, that was very thin. And to see a soft woman was such a revolutionary thing. Like, oh my God, this is beautiful. And the fact that she was fat shamed for it is what oh I'm my God. She was so, I was like, <clears throat> what are you talking about? Like, it was beautiful because like, if we look at things from that time, like women who were more Rubenesque, were actually adored mm-hmm. um but also the root of fat phobia is actually a little part of systemic racism and that's where you yeah. don't get into that but like her body was so beautiful and as a 20 year old woman mm-hmm. to see her body like that on screen naked was was something that i had never seen before and it was, it's- it, was it was beautiful and so it's interesting when i see these posts where people are like Oh, I can't believe that she's naked. It's like it's the most tasteful nude scene that whatever. Like I think we also need to two things we need to bear in mind. The first of which is that in the 90s the style of fashion and the ideal body was and this is not me making up a term. Yep. Heroin chic. That yep. is what it was called. 
it was uh, there were magazines heroin chic to get the edgy look and it was that was it was outrightly demonstrated as the ideal it wasn't a joke like wouldn't it be cute if you were anorexic it was basically saying wouldn't it be cute if you were anorexic yeah and then now we're also weirdly desensitized because can you i'm thinking of like almost every blockbuster movie and or tv show hit and they all have very explicit by comparison sex scenes like game of thrones was just porn with a plot i'm so mad i'm 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 that i i came into it after the red wedding i think it was and then i start watching it and i'm just so mad and i feel sorry i didn't watch it from the beginning so i don't even have as much as bestman as everybody else did but that last I've not seen the show. I'm still, I'm still so mad. I don't even talk about it. (laughs) Um, True Blood. I mean, Bill coming literally out of the grave and him. But I mean, that's what I mean. Like, it's so accessible now. But at the time, people were throwing up such a fit. But it's also, as you were saying, like deeply rooted in crazy, crazy body shaming. And it was disappointing how people would absolutely slam on Kate Winslet. And now when we look at her now, it's sort of like she could maybe have been five pounds heavier. Yeah, she and she's so. I mean, and because I loved her in this movie, oh, she's Mary Easttown. If you ain't never seen Mary Easttown, like she's that was such like during COVID too. Like that was just like every week. I was like, all right, we got to watch. It was such a great, great, great mini limited series. And then I mm-hmm. loved Little Children. Uh, Little Children's also a wonderful film of hers that I'm just in love with. Leo, on the other hand, I mean, we all know about his dating choices, but um, sometimes I like to watch the beach because they're all such horrible people. <laughs> That's fair. And uh, I, I do like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like, it's just such a, such a, you know, but also, side note, I like to do imaginary drinking games with movies. And um, I feel like with Titanic, we could do like a drinking game where you could take maybe a small sip of rosé or jack uh-huh. or every time they say the name and or if you're a smoker if you're 420 friendly you could do cal and just take a puff every time that name someone is. says cal yeah um oh because, my god this is the best drinking game yeah so because i'm thinking about starting movie mondays with monet again and i'm thinking titanic and i feel like titanic has to be because i did it during covid it's like it has to be kind of maybe the first one i come back out with because it's it's kind of topical wait can i do the in, like a, an intro for that for you like a weird mc i would do that oh yeah like i i mean i because when I did, I did Sound of Music and I dressed up like the Baroness and Coraline Maria and Frederica had the like Lederhosen curtain thing. Summer is my favorite rom-com. Like it's my comfort film. Like it's funny because Titanic was my number one, but then Midsummer mm-hmm. came along and Midsummer, everyone's like, what the fuck's wrong with you? I was like, it's, it's, it's literally my comfort film. Midsummer is because for example, when I was called a racial slur, when I was in Hawaii last year and I was by myself oh. I went back to my room and cried and I watched Midsummer. And it's the movie that always comforts me in that way. Um, and I have a recreation of the May Queen outfit too, because I and I wore that. So uh, but Titan I like to think of imaginary drinking games and the anniversary because Facebook reminded me when I did it with Lost Boys, with every time they mm. said Michael. Because how many times they say Michael in the movie? I and know. so like I had three quarter of a bottle of wine and then finally we had to tap out and there was like 50 Michael. <laughs> 
but with Jack and Rose, because it wasn't so, like they say each other's name, like in the water. Yeah. And so, but when they're talking one-on-one, there's no yep. need to keep saying each other's name like that. It's one of the funniest things ever. Cause it reminds me of if Pokemon could say more than just their names, how they'd probably talk. Because they say their names very often. So it would be like a subconscious thing where it'd be like, I wonder how you're doing today, Evie. Yeah. Like, Rose, Jack, Jack, Rose. Yeah. They say it so much. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. Like, it's like their first words, but they never quite got over them. It's very, it's, it's one, it's, it's funny because as you watch it, you're just like, this is not how real people talk. <laughs> no. Like, it's just such a like ridiculous thing. And I, and I love, I, it is, and it's not like, I was like, wow, they do say it. I'm thinking about how the script looked like on paper, like how many times they had to say it like to each other. I can answer that. Hang on. I have a copy of the script. Oh, I have a copy of the Midsummer script. Nice. <laughs> I, have, I bought a copy of the, here we go. The illustrated screenplay. Sorry. Oh, that's so hilarious. I want to see if I can oh, find it. Oh my gosh. It's pretty cool, actually. You got, um, like, notes and photos oh, and stuff. I don't okay. have that book. I have another book. Okay. I have the is... Funko Pops, too. Do you have the Funko Pops? I do. They're upstairs, though. All right. I'm looking for a scene <laughs> deleted in post. There's a line where Molly Brown says, stuff a sock in it, would you, Ruth? <laughs> Which I love. All right. I'm looking for the scene where she finds him. <clears throat> okay <laughs> i can read it to you exactly as it's written in the script okay. just her speaking it out loud oh gosh um i'm not gonna read the uh notes unless you would like me to read the notes uh rose jack jack <laughs> rose in here and then it's written jack 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 i'm sorry i'm so sorry that guy loved you. I put it in my pocket. I know, I know. But yeah, it's written like just Jack, 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 Rose, Rose. There's no like spacing to indicate that there's the yelling. Like if I, if you read it exactly as it's written, it's not her going, Jack. Yeah. Jack. It's Jack, Jack, Jack. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. They are so happy to see each other. It's embarrassing. I wonder. Okay. So why I- didn't I read these notes? <laughs> I was part of this group called Sequestered Thespians where we would read movie scripts on on Zoom together, different things. Uh. <laughs> I don't know if they ever did Titanic. I know they did Showgirls. They did Midsummer. Yes. Like, like with the group be like, can we do Titanic? Please. Like, I, I, I might pitch it to them like, please can we, do. Can we do Titanic? Because I think that would be like a hilarious, funny, funny thing. It's like, extremely funny because these notes are hilarious. I've I've found the gymnasium scene. Okay. Jack closes the door behind her and glances out through the ripple glass window to see the starboard rail where the gym instructor is chatting up the woman who was riding the bike. <laughs> okay. Oh. Uh, yeah, the, the, the dialogue is based... This scene is actually basically same, but it's it's weird to see it written down how often the names are said. Okay, now I need to find this book. So it's what? The Titanic, James Cameron's Cameron's illustrated screenplay. I'm reading all these like deleted lines in here. Molly, ain't nothing to it, is there, Jack? This is a deleted line. Jack, yeah, you just dress like a pallbearer and keep your nose up. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm, I'm enjoying reading these deleted scenes. 
James Cameron illustrated screenplay. There's also a scene that I found out about from the Titanic Minute podcast, which have you heard that podcast? No, but I'm looking at the book and I'm looking at it and it's like $68. Yeah, I remember remember it being a thing that I spent money on. Uh, I liked it though. I like it. I think it's a really interesting purchase, but the Titanic Minute podcast brings up the a deleted scene that was never shot. Here we go. Oh, that, $53. Huh? Oh, nice. I think and, I, might, I might have to... Oh. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting, but basically what um, he was saying here is that there was a different death for for Fabrizio, which was yeah. very silly. Which is basically, well, I was looking for it in the script, but I couldn't find it. Sorry for everyone who just heard me flipping through a bunch of pages. But basically what happens, and again, I thank the Titanic Minute podcast and the Midnight Boys for pointing this out. There is an unshot scene. Um, instead of Fabrizio being crushed by the, f- I almost said the fountain, by the funnel, he um, is swimming towards the collapsible that Cal is standing on while it's kind of being partially swamped and Cal is yelling at everyone to get back and Fabrizio comes up and he's like please I have to get to America I'm destined to get to America and Cal goes it's that way and beans him with the oar oh gosh and that's how he dies wow that's not very nice not really so I can definitely see why they changed it there's a bunch of things when when I was flipping I flipped through this a few times where I can definitely see, I'm like, I see why this was not shot or like, I see why this was removed. I see why that line was removed for pacing. There's a bunch of stuff in there where it's kind of like, I see why this wasn't even included because it wouldn't have contributed very much to the film. But there's a couple of things where it's kind of like, that was actually kind of funny. <laughs> I wish that had stayed in. But I mean, it's already, it's a super long movie as it is. I mean, yeah, and it's, but it's, oh, she's naked now. He's drawn her. Um Ooh. <laughs> i mean is it your favorite movie it's one of my top five favorites i don't necessarily know that it is my absolute favorite but it's definitely in that like top cluster so how did you become a such a titanic nerd that you decided to even do a podcast on it i've always liked the movie i saw it for the first time when i was really young and um i think that i saw at that at an age that's pretty crucial where when you're like seven or eight, you're you're leaving childhood in a way where you start to become a little cognizant of the world around you and that it's existed for uh, quite some time rather than just in the vacuum that you exist in. So this is one of the first movies that I saw that actually contextualized the past in a way that I can understood, understand. And then many, many years later, um, I became aware of the controversy with the portrayal of Murdoch from his family and that they, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't like it. And I followed that pretty pretty well because I was really interested in fiction and writing at the time and that really influenced my decision to study English literature in college because it was very demonstrative to me at the fact that when portrayed so well fiction can be portrayed as fact Mm, yeah I mean that is a controversy about his passing Mm -hmm. and how he died Um, yeah and so I can understand his family like not being okay with that and a lot of it too was that you know the implication was that he took a bribe and that you know he shot a guy and then killed himself it's like that's a lot of 
character implication to put on a, a historical human. So that was where my personal interest came into it from. But, you know, I, like you and I were, were saying, it's like we were of a generation where the movie was how we got introduced to it. And I also, you know, I'm obviously biased. Just like, I don't think that's bad. Some people kind of look down on that or it's like, well, you know, you only like it because the movie. And it's sort of one of those things where I feel like that's kind of dumb because like, yeah, where else was a person in 1997 going to hear about the Titanic? Like, don't be weird. Well, yeah, that too. And I mean, and then the lore, like everybody just thought that, oh, it just sank. And then that's what happened. It's like how things are taught us in history, right? Like right. the first time I saw a picture of Martin Luther King Jr. in color, I was like, oh my fucking God. Because they made it seem like racism was so long ago and he had a dream, but they don't put the fact that he was shot in the face for having that dream. Uh, yeah. That, you know, they, the context of it made it seem like it was so long ago and how they teach history and how often things, things are sanitized and quite frankly, whitewashed. So with Titanic, mm-hmm. You know this boat sank, but the the severity of how many lives were lost, mm-hmm. and then finding out that it actually broke apart, and like all these things, I had no idea about. Yeah, I just know that I think this boat sank. Like, what? Who cares? Like, what? Right. And now, you know, the movie actually added a humanity element to it for a right. lot of us who just looked at it as this thing where, oh, this boat sank hell years ago. Like, why should we? Why don't we care? But when we look at like how it sank like it didn't peacefully just slip under the water <laughs> you know it wasn't, it wasn't no. anything like that and then finding out too that like when they finally found the wreck so many years later and that's the thing that blew me away as well is like oh my god like how long it took them to actually find the wreckage right was such a long time 73 years like that's wild to me because it seems like something like, as soon as it happened they were able to know where you know and I'm like wow like that's that's another thing that about this this situation where it's like people appreciate now in hindsight but like at the time you know and and so it's interesting because one of the Ocean Gate people uh when Renata Rojas I don't know if you're familiar she is uh I think she's Mm -hmm. a, a Latin descent but when she was younger she wanted to find the Titanic and then they found it so then hmm. she became in financing and she said that she sacrificed actually be getting married and having a car and having children so she could save up to go on the Titan. So that's another layer that's, to the situation as well. But right. um, for that to oh, be your dream, it's about to go to sleep this tea. And, and yeah, um, it's just, it's such an interesting. And that's another thing too. I have no desire either to go on the Titanic, uh, re take her path ship either <laughs> like that that does not interest me in any level um but have you ever seen titanic 2 that was directed by dick van dyke's grandson no i have not so i'm one of those people that actually watched that shit it was horrible and i just um bought and i haven't i just got through the credits of titanic 666 <laughs> which is made the by thing the thing i need to mean which is by the Asylum uh, film company that brought us the cinematic masterpiece, which is Sharknado. Uh, yes. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna watch that as well. I actually have never seen a night to remember. It's. I. It's not a bad movie, and I do quite like it. But it's very, it's very much made in its time. It's it's a movie made in the 50s in the style of the 50s and with the technology of the 50s, which it's much slower paced. 
you know, you don't have these big budget sets. You don't have big budget like explosions or anything like that. It's, it didn't exist. It wasn't possible at the time. It's, it's, it's a very different movie made at a very different time. But it is also um, one of the more accurate in terms of how the actual sinking took place. But it's it's worth seeing in the sense that Titanic movies, in my opinion, are worth seeing because I like Titanic. So, <laughs> but I'm biased. So I will I will add that to the list if you add Titanic to to your list if you haven't seen. I it. am gonna watch as many of these Titanic movies as I can just because again, they're they're some of them are just wild, dude. Yeah, they're 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 very interesting, and then um. And back to like the filmmaking of this, like I remember the PCP incident. I remember when they were filming oh, yeah. it, like all the like news about it, how like it was going over budget and all this other stuff and mm-hmm. how they didn't think they were going to recoup like any of the costs and how they had this giant recreation of the ship. But when we <laughs> look at like how he built this and like, I think wasn't uh, Captain Smith scene, the last film scene, because that's when they kind of had to destroy the set kind of sort of for him. I to don't know. Him um but i mean when you look at how much was taken into making this set there's a lot done that movies don't really do this anymore because they know so much on cgi which is kind of like how jurassic park still holds up because when i see those dinosaurs for the first time it's just such a beautiful thing because it was more practical effects instead of cgi Mm -hmm. and that's you know with titanic there was some cgi because the part where you know mr murdoch and stretcher legs you do see the little cgi people the lego people yeah but there wasn't it wasn't the same as like how movies are today and that's what makes this movie so magical is like the set itself was so immersive that you literally felt like you were on that ship Mm -hmm. and like the costuming oh my god the costuming in this film was 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 very wonderful like it's just such a beautiful period piece and I remember when the Oscars and I remember being a little bummed that Kate and Gore, they didn't win. Right. Yeah. Those, are, no. they did not win those ones, but um, no. you know, James Cameron won. And I was like, it's, you know, sometimes <laughs> we look at Oscar films like, ah, but like Titanic, right. <laughs> well-made film because it was somebody who cared about the story that they were telling that they cared so much to cre- recreate this environment that made us feel like we were really there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just, it was just such a, a film that came out. It was one of the like last great Hollywood epics. Yeah. And Cameron himself has even came out and said that even if I tried to make this movie today, they wouldn't let me. They wouldn't let me do it this way because it was, it would be too expensive. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's, such, it's such a wonderful It is. Film, but I do want to go in that bounce house if there's a bounce house. Like, Same, maybe. but I like a bounce house though. So that's just me just being a child no matter what. <laughs> like, like when people talk, you know, there's, unfortunately, there's, you know, sometimes we find humor and sadness. It's true. Like, sometimes it, it is kind of like that. But this movie, I love, I love when a tax season comes around and they have that meme of Cal. I have a child. I have a child. <laughs> yes. Same. <laughs> and it's funny because now in the Titanic Reddit, there's always like these polls of who would you rather hook up with? Like, so right. it's Cal, Thomas Andrews, Murdoch jack lovejoy and stuff and like cal has a lot of fans like so many people are into billy zane and his wig billy zane's hot i don't know how else to explain that one besides just to be like yep i get it attractive man well him in that wig though i was like oh but and everyone's like is he wearing like eyeliner i was like well i think that's just billy zane's eyes i don't know like i don't know 
he always kind of looked like that but like that's true but then like it's not till I got older recently where I was like wait she was 17 and he was like 30 yeah very normal of the time but terrible uh in all ways yeah and then some of the museums I'm not into the food that they were serving in some I think the Belfast Museum recreates like the first class thing because I don't know like lamb with mint sauce does not sound like an appealing meal to me um and the food aspect but have you gone to the exhibits I've gone to the Titanic Museum in Tennessee and I've been to the Vegas exhibition once okay so yeah the Vegas because I was surprised when I saw all the dishes that they had there yeah that were still intact that was like when I saw that for the first time I was like, oh my gosh. Um, the one in New York, I don't know how long that one's there, but that that there are some different things that I hadn't seen in the other exhibit that I really liked. And I really want to see the one in Tennessee. And I would love to go to Nova Scotia as well. You totally um, should. Maybe we should get a group of people to go over as a, <laughs> can we a little do a Titanic t- entourage. Or a Titanic cruise. I would go or on like a Titanic a cruise. cruise ship. Yes, people- I would go on a Royal Caribbean Titanic cruise. Because people, you know, there's people who hate the fact that of um, how the ship, you know, how Titanic looked uh, compared to what cruise ships look like now and how cruise ships are basically these amusement parks floating on water. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a whole different thing. But like, I have you been on a cruise? I have. I've been on, I went on a cruise like 10, 15 years ago. And I just went on one this year with my boyfriend um, to, um, oh my God, to Mexico. Okay, yeah, I did too. I did a carnival to Ensenada and then Royal Caribbean to Ensenada. Nice. Uh, those were the same part. Perfect. I would love to do a Disney cruise, but I wish Disney had an adults cruise. Yeah, same. That's the kind of thing that I really want to do a virgin cruise because it's adults only, but it seems yeah. a little bit less like party, which I'm not a big partier, but like I do like carnival's food. <laughs> the food selection. Oh, pretty yeah. Cool. I was popping those soft serve ice cream cones at Tic Tacs. Like I'd leave the club for it. I left the conga line from like the around the, the pool to go get a, so a good. like I was all about those cones those and then new, delicious. Kids, new kids have a a, a a cruise but I'm I'm not gonna do that because I don't I don't want to go to Florida actually totally understand well um is there anything else you want to share before I let you get back to your day oh yeah well I mean if you want when you post this you can also post the link to my app I'm totally going to post the link to your act. And in the um, episode description, it's going to have the links to like all your socials. I'm going to post a picture of you when I post this out as well. Make sure that um, people know how to find you. A picture of me and my Titanic outfit. Cause I yeah, that would be perfect. Um, they just spotted the iceberg. So like now they're reversing, trying to reverse everything. Um, it's, I'm into it. Yes. It's, and it's so fun. This movie can be like my background film because I know like how long it is. I know I'm not going to miss anything. It's just, right. it's also, I guess, in some ways my comfort film because it's like, <laughs> I know what's going to happen and it's, you know, and it's such a great movie, but was the first VHS or second VHS your favorite? Uh, mm, it depends on the mood that I'm in. Like if I'm in the movie for like a fluffy time, I like the first one. But if yep. I'm more interested in like researching or, ex- you know, having an emotional experience, then it's the second half. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, you know how they have those YouTube videos of kids listening to something for the first time? I wonder, do they have one of type people who don't know and then have a VCR and have them have to watch Titanic in that way? I bet someone's done something like that. Because that would It would be, be awesome. 
I would, I would totally do that. If not, I would love to get a group of people to do that. Like host your own first time watchers react to Titanic. That'd be fun. That would be fun. Cause they, and people, will be, and then the question that keeps coming up with people is like, well, why didn't the people in the water just like get on top of the iceberg? I'm like, well, first of all, they kept sailing past the iceberg and at this mm-hmm. point, the iceberg was pretty far away. And I don't exactly. think trying to get on this jagged piece of ice was going to be safe either. Exactly. It's, it's always, um, it's very easy to say I would do this or why shouldn't someone have done that? Or why did this happen? But it's sort of like, you never really know until you're in that experience, but, um, and I'm grateful for the casting because I know that Paul Rudd was up for Cal and then Gwyneth huh. Paltrow and Ben Affleck was for Rose, Jack and Rose. Yeah, it wouldn't have worked. Lindsay Lohan auditioned for Cora, but they thought that that might be confusing because of her red hair. Um, mm, yeah, so that, that's another little interesting thing about the film but I think the casting on everything was pretty pretty perfect and if you have listened to this podcast but you haven't watched Titanic uh yeah probably should (laughs) agree we talk about it a lot on this show but Monet thank you so much for coming on I love I love your act I'm gonna find some I'm gonna orchestrate a way to have you back on the show because this was fun and we have more to talk about oh thank you like and if you want to see any of my other acts I have those two because they're they're quite ridiculous. <laughs> I like a ridiculous act. And I'm sure that next time I have you on, we will have more to talk about. And I will have seen many more of them by then. Oh, and I've, been t- <laughs> I've figured out how to integrate Titan into my Titanic act next time I do it too. So okay, well, you have to film that and show me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, Talk Line folks, I'll see you then. Bye. Titanic Talk Line was created and produced by me, Alexia. Be sure to keep up with the show on all the social medias at Titanic Talkline on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That is all one word, Titanic Talkline, T-I-T-A-N-I-C-T-A-L-K-L-I-N-E. If you want to get in touch, be on the show, sponsor the show, or have a question or anything you want to tell me, send me an email at Titanic Talkline, again, all one word, at gmail.com. That's Titanic Talkline at gmail.com. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. Bye!